0: Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher I'm at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, greeting you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And uh, yesterday, I mean, we are still in the subject of uh, God's grace and man's faith. And yesterday we, we, we talked about speaking the word and uh, we talked about calling those things that be not as though they were. And in Romans 417, I read that to you again, and I will, I will finish with this. Let me repeat this. It says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were. So it says that God, God calls those things that are not as if they already were. And the word call here is the Greek word kaleo, which means to call out to call out loudly. So God, he calls out loudly those things which don't exist as if they already were. And that is really the basis for us when we speak the word of God. When we speak life over something that is dead or when we uh, we speak healing over somebody who is hopelessly sick and there is no there's no chance there and 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 the Bible says we should do that uh, because the Lord says let the weak say I'm strong, let the poor say I'm rich. So Uh, you know, this is an important, very important aspect of faith, speaking the word, speaking the word into impossible situations that are impossible in the natural. But with God, nothing is impossible and things that are impossible become possible if we believe and then we speak out the word. We speak the word, we speak the word, we speak the word. So that is why we should develop speaking the Word of God as a part of our spiritual regimen, both to build ourselves up and to speak the word over our families and and and, and over our situations, you know. And in fact, I, you know, I, um, I remember, um, I think it was in South Africa, The lady came to me years ago and said that her, her son was a total reprobate and he was... You know, he grew up in church, but he rebelled and he had been in and out of prison and, you know, she was complaining about him. I said, lady, I want you to begin to speak about him, not what he's in the natural, but speak about him, what you want him to become and speak those things as if he already was that. So I said, begin to say, I said, what do you want your son to be? Well, I want him to be a man of God. I want him to be a righteous man. I said, begin to speak those things out over his life and say, I thank you, Father, for my son, because he's a righteous man. He's a man of God. I thank you that your hand is over him. And she began to do that. And, uh, and he changed. And I have seen that myself, speaking the word over different circumstances, over people's lives and how our words uh, when we take the word of God in our mouth can change the course of people's lives. So this is a very important principle speaking the word of God. And 2 Corinthians 4.13 it says, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So the spirit of faith is to believe and to speak. That's what the spirit of faith is. People wonder what is the spirit of faith? The spirit of faith It says, I believed and therefore have I spoken. 2 Corinthians 4.13. We also believe and therefore speak. So we believe and we speak. We believe and we speak. Faith believes and faith speaks. And that is the spirit of faith. Anyway, so let's now go to the second part. We were reading from Mark 11. And the first was... Uh, when Jesus said, if you speak to yonder, yonder, you know yonder mountain, be ye moved and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt, but shall believe that those things that you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say. Then in verse 24, this is what he said. So the first way in which uh, we express our faith is through speaking the word. And please, I say this to you again and say for the last time that it is important that we make this a habit of speaking the word in our everyday life. Uh, prayer is great, but there are times we have to speak the word. So make it a habit to speak the word if you want to walk in faith. And then the second way we express our faith is through prayer. And um, Mark 11, verse 23 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, this is interesting because this is what uh, in the Bible is called the prayer of faith. Uh, You know, there's many kinds of prayer. There's a prayer of consecration. A prayer of consecration is the prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden. He said, Father, not mine, but your will be done. Now, that kind of prayer, you don't pray when you're praying for a sick person. You don't say, Father... Uh, you know, not mine, but your will be done. When you do that, you're actually saying that I have no idea what you want. So you do your thing anyway. So it becomes pointless to pray. Why should we pray when we don't even know what God wants to do? So before we pray the prayer of faith, we should know the will of God from his word and we pray according to that. So that's a prayer of consecration. And and there are times we should pray that prayer. I prayed it many times. Father, not mine, but your will be done. I consecrate my life to you. I give my life to you to serve you. I lay all my ambitions at your cross. And Lord, I want you to have your will in my life. And that's the prayer of consecration. There's different kinds of prayer. But the prayer of faith is what we see in Mark 11, 23, 24, because Jesus is talking about faith. He said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, that means first you make up your mind what you want. Of course, you check that with the word first because you can only ask God for that which he has promised in his word. He says, when you pray, believe that you receive them, then you shall have them. This is interesting because it's obvious that when you pray, uh, usual the usual sequence is when you pray and then you watch what happens and if it happens, then you believe that it has happened, but God says, no. When you pray, believe that you receive it, then you shall have it. In other words, the believing comes before the having it. So you pray, you already have the word of God for it, and you pray according to the word. And after you pray, you say, Father, I thank you that you have heard me because I prayed according to your word. I believe that I receive it. I thank you, Father. Then the Bible says, then you shall have it. In other words, you believe that you have it before you actually see it. So I like to tell people jokingly, I said, if you got it in here, you'll get it. If you got it in here, you have it. If you got it, you'll get it. But if you don't got it, you won't get it. That's bad English, but you you get the point. That means if you have it in here, you'll have it. So when you pray, believe that God has heard and that you, not just that he has heard, but you actually have it. And the Bible says, then you shall have it. So that's the prayer of faith. But... There's a little caveat here in verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Now, this is interesting because unforgiveness can cancel out your faith. Uh, we can have great faith, but if we don't walk in forgiveness, if we walk in bitterness, uh, that can cancel out our faith. In fact, Peter, uh, he said in his epistle, another thing, he said, if a man doesn't treat his wife right, Then his prayers will not be answered. So these are the two things I immediately think of that can cancel out our prayers, cancel out our faith. One is if we walk in unforgiveness and in bitterness, and secondly, if we don't treat our spouses uh, with honor, if we don't, if we don't treat our wives in an ordinary way. So abusive men, men who abuse their wives, who bully their wives, forget about answered prayer. doesn't matter what how much you think you are a man of faith, you will not have any answers to prayer. So that's the way it is. But let's look at James 5, verses 14 and 15, (coughs) and this is says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. This is interesting. It says, Anybody sick? You can call the elders of the church and let them pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. This is interesting. It says, if you are sick, you call for the elders of the church and tell them to bring their oil bottle and they shall anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And then they shall pray the prayer of faith. It says the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now, it doesn't say that prayer shall heal the sick. The prayer of faith heals the sick. I remember when I was a new believer, I was a new Christian. I used to go to people's homes. This was in the 70s. (coughs) I got saved in 1975. And in the 70s, people used to have a plaque on their homes. And I'm sure uh, those who are older here or, you know, your parents probably had this at home. it was like a, always an oval plaque with two praying hands and it says prayer changes things. And I thought, well, that's true. It took me years to figure out that wasn't even true. Prayer doesn't change things. It's faith that changes things. Uh, faith in the prayer is what makes prayer work because look, there's a lot of unbelieving prayers that have been prayed every day all around the world that don't even make it past the ceiling. But it says the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. That means that prayer that is loaded with faith, that is charged with faith, shall heal the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. So we are talking about the prayer of faith here and as i said to you in mark 11:24 therefore uh, mark 11:24 therefore i say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them so in other words you pray and the believing comes before the actually receiving uh, the actual receiving so when you believe that you have it then the promise of god is that you shall have it and then so it says here and and in this uh, scripture James 5 14 and 15 verse 15 says that the prayer of faith shall heal the sick not any prayer but the prayer of faith again the prayer of faith is when you pray and believe that you receive it and then you shall have it that shall save the sick so when we pray for the sick it is important that we pray for the sake and when we have prayed, we immediately begin to thank God that, Father, I thank you that you have heard. I thank you that our brother is healed and we declare that over his body. I thank you that even as we are standing here in this place, your spirit is working in his body and our brother is healed. Father, we glorify you. So you begin to glorify God and receive that healing and speak as if it is already done. So the Bible says, if you believe that it is already done and you thank God that it is already done, then the Bible says you shall have it. That's the prayer of faith. Let me show you another scripture that illustrates the prayer of faith and this, this one is very good. Well, they're all good, but this one is special. First John 5, 14 and 15. It says here, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will. He hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. This is interesting. Faith is confidence. This is the confidence or the assurance that we have in Jesus. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Okay, so let us pause here. It means that how, because faith is confidence, how can you have confidence that God has actually heard your prayers? As I said, a lot of prayers are prayed that don't make it past the ceiling. But how, because it says this is the confidence that, have, that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That means that God only hears us if we ask <coughs> anything according to his will, right? So what kind? how can we have an assurance that God has actually heard our prayers? Is it just that we pray and God automatically hears us? No, it's not. It says that the confidence that we have in God is, excuse me, is that, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask him, For anything according to his will, he hears us. So, the key is to pray according to the will of God. And how do we know the will of God? Well, uh, let me say this you do not know the will of God by looking at an unanswered prayer. Because some people, you know, they pray, then they wait for something to happen, and when nothing happens, they say that wasn't the will of God. Now, that Is not how you find out the will of God. But it's very obvious here that you have to know the will of God before you pray. So how do you and I know the will of God? Well, there's only one way to know the will of God, and that is through the Word of God, the Bible. The Bible, this book, it reveals to us the will of God. It reveals to us the heart of God, the thoughts of God, the ways of God. And the will of God. So if you want to know what God's will is, go to the Bible. This is the best place to go. Because you see, you can't go by your experience. Because look, all of us have different experiences. And often our experiences, uh, you can have one experience and I can have experience the opposite. And comes another guy, he has another experience. And, and, And we can't say that, well... Uh, you know, this is the way it is and this is what happened to me. Well, then you say, no, but that's the opposite happened to me. And so we, we can't go by those experiences and formulate our understanding of the will of God by our experiences. The only way we can find out the will of God is by going straight to the Bible and seeing what is the will of God. So you go to the Bible and you say, okay, is healing of the body the will of God right is healing of the mind the will of God if that's what you're praying for you're praying for somebody who's disturbed in his mind who's depressed is healing for his mind the will of God you got to see what the scripture says does the scripture promised healing for the mind and uh, does the scripture promise healing for the body does the scripture Promise, uh, say somebody has uh, has uh, problems with his children. Are there promises in the scripture for that? Somebody's having financial problems. Are there promises in the scripture for that? Somebody has problems with his marriage. Are there promises in the scripture for that? So, you you know, the thing is that if you go to the scripture, you'll find. If you look, there are promises for all kinds of things. So, before I pray, I would find scriptures that promise, uh, I should say that cover my need. I would find scriptures that promise that thing that I need. So if I say, for example, need healing in my body, I, I, I won't come straight to God. and say, Oh God, heal me if it, if it be your will. That's not faith. What I would do, I would go to the word of God. I say, okay, I am I, sick, Lord, do you have any promises of healing for me? Then I'll find the scripture. And I'll say, okay, here it says that he bore my diseases, carried my pains, and with his stripes I'm healed. So Jesus actually became my substitute. So he bore this for me. And then it says here that the prayer of faith, that I should call the elders of the church and they would call me and anoint me with oil. And the prayer of faith shall heal me when they anoint me with oil and the Lord shall raise me up. So I have those scriptures. So when, then what we do is that, Uh, it says that uh, there's a confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So once we have determined and ascertained the will of God, and we know this is what God promises, then we pray. After that, we pray on the foundation of our knowledge of the will of God. So we know that this is what God has promised in his word. So it is his will. So we pray to the Lord on the basis of that. And I normally do that when I pray for people. It's just a force of habit. I'm not saying you should do that. But that's what I do. It That's the way I, I'm used to it. I say, Father, you have said in your word that... Uh, Uh, You know, as you have said in your word that when our Lord Jesus was whipped and bruised and beaten and crucified, he bore all our diseases. He carried all our sins upon his own self. So I pray for my brother, because I thank you that you have borne all his diseases. And you said, Lord, that we shall lay our hands upon the sick and they shall recover. So father, I'm here with my hands. I lay my hands upon my brother in the name of Jesus. And you said that if I shall lay my hands upon the sick, they shall recover. They shall recover. They shall 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 recover so I lay my hands on them so I do that I pray on the basis of the word I pray standing on the foundation of the word so when I do that then I know that my prayer has made it past the ceiling and God has heard me so the only way we can be sure that God actually hears our prayers is when we pray according to his word that means we go to his word and find our promises that cover our need. And with that in our hand, we come to God and say, Father, this is your word and I'm standing on your promise. And I thank you that this need that our brother has or I have is paid for. It is covered. And so I pray according to you. So then I know he has heard us. So that is verse 14. Verse 15, then it says here, And if we know that he hears us. So once I have this assurance that my prayers have made it to his throne. He has heard me because I prayed in his name. I prayed according to his will. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Again, we know that we have. We already have it. We don't wait until we actually have it. But we know that we have it. Why? Because we asked according to his will. So it says, verse 15, and if we know, if I know this much that he has actually heard me because I prayed according to his word, then I know that I actually have what I have desired on, of him, then I can rest assured. I say, Father, I thank you that it is done because I pray that God into your will and you have heard me and I thank you that it is done and I thank you and praise you. Now, how can we believe that God has already done something before we actually hold the answer to prayer in our hand? How how can we, uh, how, how dare we do that? Well, I tell you one. It is based on relationship. Let me give you an example. You know, over the years, I've had people walk up to me after meetings. Often it's wealthy business people. Guy comes, oh, Brother Christopher, I've been so blessed by your ministry. And uh, here's my card. Write to me. And by the way, give me your card address. And I'll send you a big check to your ministry. My heart was really stirred. And I'm going to send it. And, you know, I, and there was a time I was so stupid. I actually believed everything people said to me. But they never came to Never, never, never came through. And uh, so I have learned that uh, I will only believe when they keep their word, when they put their money where the mouth is. But then I have a very dear friend. We go back over 30 years. And I remember this brother said to me years ago. He said, Brother Christopher, I love you, love your ministry. I feel our hearts are knit together. No, I'm not a prophet. This is what he said. He said, I, I don't always hear from God. I'm a businessman. I love Jesus, but I don't always hear from God. But he said, if you're ever in a situation and you need immediate funding, you need a few thousand dollars, just ask me. If I have it, I'll give it to you. If I don't have it, I'll tell you. And so I said, thank you. No. Over the years, of course, I never take, he's a wealthy man. I never take advantage of him. Never, never. Uh, God forbid. I never take advantage of him because he's a dear, dear friend, but there have been times I've come in a situation. I'm going to Africa and I immediately need $8,000, 7000 So I'll pick up my phone and I'll say, Hey brother, can you help me out? I need so many thousand dollars. I'm going to feed some pastors. Can you send me, can, can you uh, help me out? And he says, take care of it. Those are his words. I'll take care of it. Those five words. I'll take care of it. And I know that whenever he says those words, I'll take care of it. For me, those words are money in the bank. It is already done because over the 30 plus years I've known him, he has never promised me something and not kept his word. Always. Every single time I've asked him for something, some help, for Africa or some other part of the world. And whenever he has said, I'll take care of it. So I'll tell my wife that, hey, we have the money, I want to tell my secretary, we have the money. And they say, well, where do we have it? I said, well, I talked to our brother and he said, I'll take care of it. Then she laughed. She said, okay, then it's done because that's what he said. So for me, his word is money in the bank. Why? Because of our relationship. It has been tested and proven and he has shown that his word carries weight and he is faithful to his word and he always keeps his word. Now, but I don't give that benefit of doubt to everybody. So every, you know, I have other people who say, Oh brother, I want to help you. And I always want to say, I'm a bit wary now. I say, okay, let's see. Let's see what he does. Let's see if the check comes in. And secondly, if the check actually clears the bank, then I'll believe him. So, You know, that's the way I do it. So here we are talking about God, who is our father, who is always true. And his word is always true. And the Bible says in in Numbers 23, 19, that God is not a man, that he should lie. And you know what? I've been a Christian for 45 years, preaching the gospel for 44. And God, I can say this honestly, he has never let me down. Never. I spent almost a year of my life in prison for preaching the gospel. I was tortured. I mean I was a refugee. I lost everything. I left my home with 75 cents in my pocket and and, and threats of death and execution over my head i was a refugee i crossed borders as a refugee with owning nothing and 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 you know i've been there and i can tell you one thing that over the years even in things like that personal things like that and then uh, later on in ministry things you know my own personal needs when when uh, uh, when i was a new believer i'd be witnessing on the streets in a muslim country and i would get hungry and i didn't have two nickels to rub together. And I remember I would stand, I would say, Lord, I'm hungry. I need something to eat. And uh, and then I knew the Lord will take care of it. And I was back witnessing, handing out tracks. And within 10 minutes, someone would walk up. He said, excuse me, are you telling people about Jesus? A Muslim guy, you know. I said, yes. He says, uh, uh, come, I'm going to have lunch. I'm going to buy you lunch and you can tell me about Jesus. And so I lived that way. I knew that you know if God has said something he's always faithful so I proved him in little things when you know when I needed a shirt I needed some socks I needed a a couple of dollars to buy a meal for myself then I trusted him in big things like when we moved to the United States and we needed our our green cars, you know, we needed airfares when we uh, bought this house we are in and bought the car that I'm driving. All these things, God has been faithful. And because he has been faithful, I have no reason to distrust him. So when he says something, I know he means it. So that is, that is the basis of our trust. As I said to you in the beginning, faith is always relational and it's that relationship with the Father that is the foundation of our trust and that is why we can trust the Lord with all our hearts. And so when God says something, it is money in the bank. If he says you are healed, believe me, you are healed. If he says you are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms, Ephesians 1-3, believe me, you are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms. If it wasn't so, he wouldn't say so. If God says, let the weak say, I am strong, believe me, you are strong. If the Bible says, that there's no condemnation in you because you are in Christ you are in Christ and there is no condemnation on you. If the Bible says that the greater one lives in you, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world, then it is true that the greater one does live in you. And if the Bible says that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, believe me, he will supply, he shall, shall, shall supply all your needs. You needn't fear, fear anything. And that's, the, and that's when you can pray the prayer of faith because you trust your faith father and you know him and you are not trying hard to believe the word but these are the words of the one who loves you. He, these are the words of the one who you trust, you know, my God in whom I trust in, uh, you, know, um, you know, it says uh, Psalm 91, my Lord in whom I trust. So he's the one who we trust. So when he says it, so we take the word and you said, Father, you have said in your word, and then we take that word, hold it up before God. And I right, thank you, Father. And then we know that you have heard my prayer. So I thank you, it is done and I give you all the glory and honor and praise and then you go about your life and it is going to happen. So, uh, there's a speaking of the Word of God uh, that's the, that is speaking the Word and then there's the prayer of faith. These are the two main ways in which we, uh, which we how do you say, Uh, express our faith or we release our faith. And there are other ways also but these are the two key ways, the two main ways and we should practice these two things in our lives. We should practice speaking the Word every day and we should practice praying in faith every day, every single day. It's important that we speak the Word and we pray and build ourselves up that way and we touch God every day in that way. So tomorrow I'm going to continue talking about uh, about faith and touching God through prayer, but let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your, home, for your hand over every home, every family. If there's any sickness and disease, infirmity, I curse it in the name of Jesus. I speak life over their homes, about, over their children, over their families. Meet every need they have. And also, Father, use them mightily for your glory to touch the lives of other people. And we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'll be seeing you again tomorrow and God bless you.